peace of Christ be with you. As we gather this morning, let's take three deep breaths that our awareness might expand, that we might be more fully aware of the Spirit's presence here with us and within us. Friends, though scattered, let us worship together in beloved community. to worship. The question is not whether God is big enough to hear our prayers. The question is how to pray so that we have expanded enough to hear the answers. We offer our joys, our sorrows, and our questions. Transform us by your Holy Spirit. Let's join together now in singing our opening hymn, Be Thou My Vision.
Good morning, and whether you're watching us uh, on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, whether you're watching this recorded later today, tomorrow, whether you're watching this five years from now, hello, welcome. <laughs> uh, it is great to worship with you today with Westminster Presbyterian Church. If you're interested in knowing more about the church, feel free to reach out to anyone that may be on the chat box with you. Uh, if you don't have that luxury or would rather, of course, you could reach out directly to the staff uh, or go to WPCTiburon.org, which is just a click away from where you are now. And would you join me in our community prayer? Gracious and loving God, we pray to you not even fully knowing what prayer is. We trust that we are to share what is truly on our hearts, that it is safe to be open with you. Restore any broken trust we have inherited or adopted. Forgive us if we have assumed you to be the fulfiller of our every whim and desire without putting in the true discipline of spiritual practice. Allow us to seek not merely the manifestation of our own schemes, but to faithfully inhabit the surprises of this life. Change us even as we seek to change you. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountain tops and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide. Your hands are our support. We trust that your forgiveness, that you remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. We have knocked and are grateful that you open the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. Use this time to draw us near to you and near to each other. Amen. Good morning. You'll see that I've moved outside. And so if you are a young person worshiping with us today, I invite you to maybe move a little closer for our outside time of discovery today. I've come outside because I have found that during the shelter in place time, this is often where I like to go to pray. Uh, right now I'm simply standing in my front yard. And what I like to do is look around and pray for the people and the places and the things that I see. So I'm gonna turn my camera around so you can see what I see. You know, first what I see are simply the houses of my neighbors. You know, some of them I know pretty well, some of them I don't know as well, but I offer a prayer for them, that they are staying well during this shelter-in-place time. Then I look further down the street and I see houses way down there. I definitely don't know those people, but I pray for them. I pray that they are staying well during this time. And as I look a little further, I'm gonna zoom in a little bit here. You see those buildings with the green roofs? Uh, that's some stores down there. One is a small grocery store. One is an auto parts store. Those have both stayed open. They are essential businesses and I pray for the people who are working there. And I give thanks that they are continuing to work for the good of our community. And the buildings beyond that, that's a hospital over there. They have definitely stayed open. 
And I offer a prayer of thanks for our medical workers. I offer a prayer for those who may be there seeking care. You'll see in between those two sets of buildings is the freeway. That's 101. Cars going up and down the freeway. Not as many as there once were. But I offer a prayer for those in the cars. Maybe they're essential workers driving to uh, keep businesses open that need to stay open. And I offer a prayer of thanks for them. And I pray for their health and safety. Then I simply take a look around at the scenery, at the trees, at the hills, and I give thanks to God. I give thanks to God for this beautiful creation. So I invite you to maybe try that this week. Just step outside your house. Take a look around. What do you see? And just spend some time giving thanks to God. Our prayers don't have to be long. They don't have to be complicated. Really, it's just a time to spend in relationship with God. So give it a try this week. Let me know how it goes. And now, I would like to welcome to our screen Randy Heiser with a message for all of us. Hello, greetings from sunny Northeast Nevada. Uh, the bad news is, of course, that we can't each greet each other face-to-face -face just yet, but it looks like it may not be too much longer till we can start uh, visiting our favorite construction site on Sunday mornings again. I know I've got a tough act to follow doing the video this week, as I certainly can't top the cartwheels performed by the, the Dini girls last week. Generally, I'm doing okay. I joke with my friends that I'm probably about the least affected by the shutdown of anyone I know. My workday is pretty much unaffected since my home office is also world headquarters for my investment management company, and the early panic provided some opportunities to scoop up some stocks at bargain prices, so that's a positive. Uh, most of my communication is naturally by telephone, and, and of course Zoom's become everybody's new favorite tool, but I'm hoping I'll be using a lot less of that soon. Like most people, I've more than caught up on my TV watching and, and probably watching too much TV. I've dipped into the archives for sports, uh, but you can only watch the 1968 World Series so many times. Uh, no matter how good the outcome is, and the, and the good thing is it ends the same way every time. Um, one note, uh, many of you will be pleased to know that, that we're going to start organizing small group dinners as soon as we're able to, so that's something for us to look forward to once we're unleashed. And, uh, of course, I'll be in the middle of that again. Um, now I've been practicing my cartwheels, so, so I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, that's not going to work. Thank you so much, Randy, for sharing with us today. You know, when I first asked Randy if he would provide the video for worship this week, the first thing he told me was, oh, I better start practicing my cartwheels. <laughs> Maybe when we're able to gather together again, Anne and Louisa can give us all a tutorial. Now, I'm sure we all share Randy's hope that we can soon gather together for worship again in person. 
but at this point it is truly just too soon to tell. But do know that we, the Westminster staff, as well as our specially appointed administrative commission, are very carefully and closely watching the guidelines coming out from the state and from the county, as well as from a special task force that has been formed. It's an interfaith task force looking specifically on how best to worship safely in person again here in Marin County. So we are looking at all the guidelines and want to make sure that whenever we do meet again for worship in person, that we are doing so as safely as possible. But worship continues. Worship continues here online. And I think one of the best ways that we remain connected through the Spirit is through prayer. So as we come to our time of prayer today, if you have a joy or a concern that you'd like to share with the Westminster community, if you're worshiping with us on Facebook, simply type that right into the comments and we will all see that. If you're not with us on Facebook, you can always email in your prayer requests and do know that we are in prayer with you and for you throughout the week. Now this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, so I'd like to share with you today a prayer that I often return to every Memorial Day. It's written by a U.S. Army chaplain, the Reverend Ted Randall. So I want to share this prayer with you today and as well offer some time for our own prayers, that which is on our hearts and minds today. So let us be in prayer together. Let us pray. Creator God, it is in a spirit of love and community that we pause on this Memorial Day weekend to remember the lives lost and the lives forever changed. May we always know that even in the darkest days of war, terror, disease, sorrow, you promise to sustain us, to give us strength, and to provide us with a deep and abiding peace. In our remembering this weekend of those who have paid the ultimate price, may we become ever more vigilant in our love for others and in the cause of justice and peace throughout the world. Loving God, we do come to worship today with so much on our hearts and on our minds. So hear us now as we offer our prayers to you. Empower us to work for your kingdom in this world, O oh God. A kingdom where the lion and the lamb lay down together. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. When I read the inspirational quotes for this week's service on the front of the bulletin, I was reminded of an old hymn that I had arranged for choral uh, purposes in 2012. By the way, if you're missing having the regular bulletin, either to follow along during the service or to refer back to later in the week, it is available from the church's website. The quotes, first from C.S. Lewis. 
I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. And Martin Luther King's, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. This is Sweet Hour of Prayer. Do, 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 do. First reading today comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 68. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying. Let God rise up. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be joyful. Let them exult before God. Let them be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord, be exalted before him. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in a parched land. O oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked. The heavens poured down rain at the presence of God, the God of Sinai, at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you showered abroad. You restored your heritage when it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. O rider in the heavens, the ancient heavens, listen, sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel, 
and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God in his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives power and strength to his people. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. And the second reading comes from the book of Acts, the first chapter, verses 6 to 14. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the time or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, and John, and James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were continually, were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Friends, this too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I wonder what question you would ask the risen Jesus were he with you this moment. Well, of course, he may well be with you, but I mean in a way that would be more readily visible than is perhaps the case right now. Would it be one of those timeless questions? What's the meaning of life? What happens to us when we die? Or would it be something more temporal, more timely? When is this going to end? I realize I've been at this desk doing this work rather than out in the world for nine weeks now. And here I am sitting in my collar, but like most people on most calls, I'm wearing shorts right now. It's not a world I would choose, not a world we would choose. How long will it go on? This is pretty similar to the question the disciples pose the risen Christ when Christ appears to them. They want to know how long until the kingdom will be restored. And Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, answers them. But it's not the answer that they would necessarily choose. It's a mysterious answer. It is not for you to know 
God's time, God's timing is not for you. And then with that, without warning, Jesus is whisked away into heaven. He's gone. And what's interesting is what happens next. For it is then in the story that they go off to pray, these followers of Christ. Then. Now, now why is that? They've already gotten their answer. Are they simply trying to move God off God's position? That's happened before. There's biblical precedent for that. Or could it be they're seeking something else in prayer? Something different. People pray. I mean, even still, people pray in, in surprisingly large numbers, even as we watch organized religion decline in this culture at a significant rate. People report in a minute that they pray. And I bet the numbers aren't even as high as the true reality would reveal. Because I would include in prayer many things that aren't simply talking to God, arms folded, but any activity where people are seeking to connect with a higher source or power or deeper source, a wider consciousness, more expansive connection, uh, those activities seem to me to be prayer. And there's evidence for this all around, even in, in this so-called secular area in which we live. I'll show you something in a minute here. Uh, behind our house, up the hill, there's open space. And on the top, there's a, a cleared out flat area. I want to show you one of the things that's in it. It's this labyrinth. It's been there as long as we've been here. Here on the path, I couldn't resist to show you, this is one of our friends. We've gotten to know him. My, my son picks him up. Uh, we know where he lives, but we wouldn't dare broadcast his address on this worldwide platform. But that's the path to the center. And when you get to the center, if you look closely, you'll find some interesting things. And the things change almost daily, which says to me this labyrinth gets visited quite a lot. Perhaps you can make some things out there, though you see some dried flower petals for sure, and some other pieces. A closer look reveals a necklace, perhaps belonging to a child. Sometimes you'll see other toys. There is a a bundle of flowers now dried. Here you see a shell. We live close to the edge of the sea and also the shell is symbol of pilgrims. There you see a scrap of paper. It's lined for music. I wonder what notes are written there. A happy song or a sad one. Here you can see a number of different things. There's a coin, if you look closely near the rock at the center to the right of that, there's another coin somewhere there. 
there's what appears to be trash, if you're not looking carefully in the lower part of the screen, a piece of paper. Though if you could zoom in, what you would find is this is a business card. Someone working for Catholic charities in the canal, social worker or, or, or some such helping professional. I don't know whether they're leaving it as a prayer for those for whom they care or leaving it as a resource knowing that people would come to this place of prayer in search and in desperate need of something, a generous offering either way. Here, the largest, most extreme close-up tucked in these flower petals is a teeny tiny basket, not much bigger than a finger or two. And it looks to me inside that there is a note tucked in. I wouldn't dare look to see what it says, because it's not for me. They didn't come to this place to pray to me. Now, I don't know what people expect when they go to that labyrinth. I don't entirely know what people expect when they come to church to pray. Perhaps they expect results in the form of direct intervention. I know some people do, or maybe all of us do some of the time, but any of us who've been around for any length of time knows that doesn't always happen. I just read an article today about a pastor who was denying the reality of the COVID virus, or at least denying the recommendations of how to protect yourself. He believed he could pray it away by laying hands on people. He was 38 and he died of the virus. There are far less extreme examples all the time. Perhaps you've experienced them. None of us get what we want all the time, even the most faithful among us. Jesus himself in the garden asked that the cup passed from his lips, but passed from his lips it did not. And yet we still pray. And we recognize on some level that praying is not, or prayer is not currency for a vending machine God. Will grant us a treat whenever we ask for it or take away something whenever we don't want it anymore or never wanted it in the first place. I think on some level we know that prayer will do something for and to us. I think that's what the disciples recognized, that they went to God in prayer because they needed to be changed somehow. They needed to be moved and set into motion because they had been charged to go out into the world, to all the world, to the ends of the earth, to be a certain kind of presence in the world, and they needed to tap into that greater reality. I've seen people be moved by prayer. There was once a church that was looking for a pastor and the search committee had arrived on a candidate about whom they were unanimously in favor of calling. Well, unanimous except for one. One holdout on the committee, it happens. And they weren't trying to be obstructionist. They were using their best discernment, but they just hadn't come to that same decision 
Well, the time came in the calendar for the regular mission trip to a sister city in Central America. And so they went on that trip as they faithfully did year after year. And while there, they took some time to go on to a mountaintop and pray and pray about that decision. And when they returned, they announced to the committee that they had had a change of heart. And they called that pastor. And this person became that pastor's most ardent supporter. And the tenure was successful and the church was well served. Now that pastor wasn't me, if you're wondering. I just used cold hard cash to get the committee to call me. No, it's another church. But that story happens all the time in different settings. People changed by prayer. Another church example, that's just because it's my world. You may have other examples that fit your context. I was attending the General Assembly. This is the national gathering of the denomination several years ago. And I was on a committee and in the midst of our work, there was a pretty sharply divided debate but there were strong feelings on both sides and the issue doesn't really matter. It's immaterial here, but it was important to those who were gathered. And it didn't seem like there was much headway to be made among this deeply divided group. The ringleader of what I will call the other side was a formidable man, outspoken, sure in his opinions, strong, unwavering. Well, we debated late into the night one night. As I recall, it was probably midnight before we adjourned for the evening, knowing we'd have to return again in the morning before breakfast by 6 or 6.30. We arrived that next morning bleary-eyed, and the man requested to address the group first, and I sort of girded myself for what he might say. And I was surprised because what he said, after recalling what a difficult night it had been and day it had been, that he had gone back to his room and prayed. And in his prayer, he had been changed. And now he'd come around to the other side, my side. Now I tell that story uh, not as an illustration that my side was right, simply as an illustration of how moving it is to watch someone be moved. I think those ways of thinking about prayer, those examples of prayer, I think they might be helpful to some of you, to some of us, who are confounded by a God who doesn't offer free delivery in two days and doesn't even send you the package you asked for that perhaps and we could recognize that there is another level of prayer and purpose of prayer as well. And that purpose is more about us than it is about God. Prayer may change God. I don't rule that out. But it will most certainly change you if you approach it faithfully. And by faithfully, I don't mean that in terms of piety. I don't even mean that necessarily in terms of intensity. I mean it primarily in terms of regularity. 
Think of prayer as maintaining a relationship. And a relationship isn't successful because you show up with flowers or a grand gift at a special occasion or a rare moment. As important as marking key moments may be, a relationship succeeds because you have shown up regularly. You've shown up not only with intensity, but with regularity. You bring a certain kind of presence, if not all the time, as much of the time as you can. And that's what the disciples were trying to do. And I think that's what the disciples did. When Jesus said to them, this is not for you to know God's timing or time periods, I think it was his way of saying you're after the wrong thing if you're after this knowledge or even this kind of control. And it's easy to conclude that the disciples didn't get it because they so often didn't get it. But they got it indeed. And the evidence is the fact that they then turned to prayer to ready themselves to navigate a world they wouldn't choose, to be girded not just with strength, but with wisdom and with malleable hearts that they might be changed, that they might be prepared to go out into the world and be vessels, be uh, emissaries for the kind of presence that would one day mark the kingdom that they so desperately yearned for and prayed for. And prayer gives us the ability to do and be that too. And so here I've come to this sacred spot, this labyrinth. With this beautiful Vista all around. I've come here to pray. Granted, in a world I would not choose. Still in my collar, still in my shorts, here to make an offering, an offering of my heart that it too might be moved. So what will you bring? What movement will you invite and take on? What presence will you be in this world? Amen.
share with you some of the things going on with Westminster Presbyterian Church. It's people. Uh, of course, you can go to wpctiburon.org anytime. It's being updated regularly. Thank you, Martha. Uh, and find out, find all the Zoom links that you may need and passwords. Of course, message us anytime. If you're not already getting our e-news, Sundays and more, please message us here or email us and we'd be happy to include you. Two of the things that are new, uh, one starting up possibly next week or the week after you will, of course, get information about it is our staff would love to spend more time with you. We miss you. We want to hear how you're doing. We want to share some of the fun things going on in our lives. And we can't meet over drinks like we used to. We can't have happy hour anymore the way we used to. So we are going to, in its place, host kind of happy hours. So you will see information show up from time to time that you've been invited to a kind of happy hour. It's something that we're doing a little differently because we just miss being with all of you. And hopefully you'll enjoy that time as well. Look for information about that. It's, it's a kind of happy hour. It's not as happy as the happy hours we're maybe accustomed to, but it's happier than the hour you would have spent otherwise. So it's a kind of happy hour. Secondly, this started this past Wednesday, our Prodigal Parent Series, which is a resource we give to parents in our community, uh, started publishing video series of spiritual practices that families can do at home right now. We know that uh, the odds of us gathering together in the sanctuary, having our usual Sunday morning worship services, is not coming next week. So five youth pastors in Marin County got together and had a conversation about different spiritual practices that families can do at home right now and how they can do that. Uh, and we wanted to bring you in on those conversations and share them with you. They are in bite-sized chunks between anywhere between, I think, five minutes and maybe 10 minutes of content. There's screen sharing. There are links to the resources that are mentioned. We really each of those videos can be a very uh, helpful, I think, practical instructional tool for you and your family. I wouldn't suggest trying to do all of them, but our hope is that one of the six different in the video series, uh, at least one of them will, will click with you and your family and will give you at least one more resource to feel more confident uh, in, in the spiritual health of your own family at home. So there is much going on in the life of Westminster. Our church continues to do its best, uh, glorifying God and, and loving one another in the midst of this pandemic. Of course, that doesn't happen without uh, the gifts that you give. And so thank you for uh, your pledges, for your monetary gifts. Of course, we want to make it as easy as we can for you. Go to wpctiburon.org give. And of course, be in touch with the church if there's some other way that you would like to contribute. If you need help figuring out those sort of technologies, if you'd like to, to set up your giving in that way, we're happy to help with that as well. Would you join us in singing our final hymn, Spirit, Open My Heart.
communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day.